No music, everyone. My hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. Come on, tell them. My hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. Come on, help your neighbor singing. My hallelujah belongs to you, God. My hallelujah. Corporate worship. Come on. Come on. When the saints get together to tell the Lord, thank you, something happens. My hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. Come on, you deserve. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. Oh, you deserve it. You deserve Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. You some harmony on it. All of the glory, all of the glory belongs to you. Come on, everyone in the house. All of the glory belongs to you. All of the glory belongs to you. That's why I celebrate your wonderful name, Jesus. All of the glory, all of the glory belongs to you. Come on, open your mouth and tell them you need 
Our Father, my God, we thank you for the ministry of music. Thank you, Lord God, for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And God, we are here to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for who you are. You're King of kings and Lord of lords. And God, we pray that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That God, you would have your way in our lives. Now glorify yourself. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Praise his name. I want to thank our illustrious choir. Let's give him a hand clap. Come on. Great job. Great job. Thank God for all of you. Truly, God is an awesome, awesome God. And worship is made up of a lot of things feeling in our heart of compassion for the Lord. I watch people of compassion because people of compassion are externalizing something that has already been internalized. You can't fake compassion. And then it's not only compassion, it's commitment to be here at worship because God says so. Forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. We don't pick and choose Sundays. Sundays, Sundays is when we ought to be here. Can I get a witness? First day of the week. And then, of course, it's giving amen to the Lord as the Lord has asked us to give. And that's the tithe and amen, sharing your time and talents, treasures. We thank the Lord again from whom all blessings flow. Praise God. This morning, this morning, this morning, we've been in the book of the Revelation for several weeks. We're going to work our way through this book. And along the way, we hope to lay out some... Uh, treasures of truth that we ought to make applicable to our lives. Amen. That the word of God is inexhaustible. The word of God is truth. The word of God, amen, will tranquil your soul. This morning we're in Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. And beginning at the first verse, and I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. The final battle, the final battle. Some of the greatest battles ever fought in world history determined a final outcome. And these battles would declare victory for some and defeat for others. Mm. When I think about battles, I think about the Battle of Yorktown which determined the outcome of the Revolutionary War in 1781. I think of the Battle of Waterloo when France was defeated under Napoleon by France's enemies in 1815. I think of the Battle of Gettysburg that determined the Civil War. I think about the Battle of Midway, 1942, when, amen, America had victory over Japanese in the Pacific. 
And then I think about the Battle of the Bulge against Germany in 1944 and 45 when the United armies decided to go across the Siegfried line. The Battle of the Bulge was the last stand for Adolf Hitler before America went into Germany. It was a costly war. Hundreds of thousands were killed as Germany withstood the opposing forces. And when I think about all these battles, historically, and I'm a history buff, I love history, when I think about all these battles, each battle declared victory for one and defeat for the other. But there is a final battle of the future that will determine the outcome of light versus darkness. And that's the Battle of Armageddon. And leading up to the Battle of Armageddon is when the Lord Jesus Christ will come back and devastate all demonic and devilish uh, stances. He will destroy and place all of the unsaved in, in hell and in a burning fire. And Armageddon is yet future. John, the apostle, was told as he was in his 90s translated to the third heaven and God the Father and the angel and other intermediaries told John, write what you see. And what he saw was the resurrected Christ in all of his glory. He saw him, amen, in priestly garb. His eyes were a flame of fire. His feet was burnt like one that had been placed in a furnace. And uh, his voice was like thunder. And he told John, write what you see. And then write the things which are the seven churches of Asia Minor. Church at Ephesus, who had lost their first love. Church at Smyrna, who had suffered persecution. The church at Pergamos. Pergamos means married. The church that was married to the world. Thyatira, the church that was decked out, but inwardly it was full of a dead man's bones. The church of Sardis that was false. The church of Philadelphia that was brotherly in their love and compassion. And God gave an open door. The church of Laodicea, the rights of the people. When we look at these seven churches, we have established that each church was not only, amen, a church of John's day. It was... Futuristically, it was a composite church of all Christian history. That all through history, there were these seven attitudes. And then they represent ages. And we said from 100 to 300 AD, uh, AD 100 to 300 was probably a church at Ephesus and uh, Smyrna when Christians were thrown to lions and crucified by Nero and other uh, Domitian, other Roman emperors who thought that they were having fun burning Christians at the stake. And then we talked about the fact that Satan said, well, if I can't beat him, I'm going to join him. So under Constantine, he created a state church, Roman Catholicism. And then as you go up to 500 AD or AD 500, then you hit the uh, uh, 1500s when Martin Luther uh, nailed 93 theses on the door at Wittingburg saying the just shall live by faith. And he defied that priestly approach of Catholicism. And he was, he and uh, Martin Luther, Moody and others, 17, 1800, the Enlightenment period. And then we said 1900 to the day is the church of Laodicea. Lukewarm church. Church that wants entertainment and not edification. A church that wants to be worldly and not coming out from among them. 
And, and it's interesting that Jesus said, write the things which are, the seven churches of Asia Minor. And then the third facet of the thematic thrust of chapter 1, verse 19 is, now write the things which shall be hereafter, 4 to 22. Chapters 4 to 22, which is futuristic. And we said that chapter 4 implies that the rapture has already taken place. The church is in heaven. And, and, and as we're in heaven with the lamb, and everything is about the lamb, Amen, because we're getting ready to get into the wrath of the Lamb. Amen, and uh, when we get to chapter 19, 20, the wife of the Lamb, and, 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 and we're talking about the Lamb, the Lamb is Jesus. And, and, it's, and it's interesting that right here, as we approach the sixth chapter, uh, the fifth chapter, we see the Lamb, we see God the Father on the throne, the Holy Spirit around the throne, the Lamb approaching the throne, and John was asked a question by a strong angel, who is worthy to loose the book? The book of the title deed to the earth, which Adam lost when he forfeited by eating of the tree of good and evil. So the first Adam lost it, the last Adam, who is Jesus, is going to get it back. Can I get a witness? Who is worthy to loose the book and loose the seals thereof, seven seals? And it was uh, pa papyri, papyrus, which, which was binded together with a wooden uh, a handle, so to speak. And it was seven seals. And every time Jesus would break a seal in heaven, a judgment would break out on earth. He had the authority. And in the fifth chapter, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive glory and power and dominion, both now and forevermore. And, and the Bible says in chapter 5 that in verse 14, and, and, and the four beasts, Zoa in the Greek, and the 24 elders of the church fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. So chapters 4 and 5 is about the worship of the Lamb. But now we get to the wrath of the Lamb. Here we are coming into this final battle, which will lead up all the way to chapter 19. And, and, and let me say this, we are premillennials, we are pre-tribulationists. The church will not go through the tribulation. Thank God for that. I'm tired of people preaching falsehood. We're not in the tribulation. Jesus said you'll have tribulations on earth, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But we're not in the tribulation. The 666, the Antichrist, the little horn of Daniel, uh, the time of Jacob's trouble, the, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, all that is future. It's coming. It's on its way. We're getting closer and closer to the end, and the church treats this as if, oh well, we want to continue to live, move, we want to continue to eat, drink, and be merry. Nobody's preaching that judgment is coming. Nobody's preaching that Jesus is getting ready to return. Nobody is waking up people who are living in sin that they need to come out and receive Christ as their Savior. And the fact of the matter is, is that uh, when we look at this sixth chapter, the sixth chapter is indicative of one of the greatest wars that ever took place, and it is this title deed, these seven seals, that God is in fact getting ready, if you will, to expose. I want to look at four critical elements regarding this battle, and, and, and here's, here's our applicable focus. Take heed to your focus. Open up your eyes. Let the word be the word. Stop thinking you're going to live forever. Stop thinking it's made in the shade. God's word does not come back void. Can I get a witness? One of the things that, and, and, and that's why we need to be here on Wednesday, one of the things we don't want to hear, as a man soweth, that is what he's going to reap. Can I get a witness? Whatever we put in the ground is what's coming back. 
Some of us are fighting the stuff that already we put in the ground from the past. We're already fighting because it's coming back, and we keep putting in the ground the same thing we put in the ground before, so more is coming back. There's got to be a breakaway. From what's going on in this book is first we see the prophecy of this battle. Now let me say something about Satan because I know Satan well. He has tricked me numerous times. Satan already has a negative influence in your life. He's already working overtime to poison somebody else's thinking against you. Do I have a witness? And you ain't got to say, man, I'll say it for you. He's already working. He's already using somebody in here to matriculate a message that's from the devil. And, 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 and here's what we got to wake up and smell a coffee. Uh, this, this, this stuff is real deep that we'll see the prophecy of the battle. Well, in Ezekiel 28, you don't have to turn. Amen. It talks about the descent of the demonic that one third of the angels that kept not their first estate, one third of the angels were cast out of heaven. That's why we call them fallen angels. They fell. They fell from light. The lamentation of the king of Tyre in ch chapter 28:12 of Ezekiel, a cosmic conflict, a battle. Amen. Uh, uh, the perfect in beauty, an anointed cherub called Lucifer, who was on the holy mountain of God. Amen. And iniquity was found in him because he lifted up himself against the most high God. And the Bible says, don't miss this, and God promised he shall no more forever Forever. Forever. In other words, he's doomed. The minute he lifted himself up, God said it's over. You're doomed. God chooses the day of consequence. Oh, man, I could preach about this forever. I committed sins in my life 30 and 40 years ago that I'm still paying for. Consequentially. Are y'all with me? Oh, no, my sins have been forgiven. Jesus' blood has washed away my sins. But I'm talking about consequence. Still fighting battles from decisions I made in the 60s, 70s. Still fighting. Well, why won't the Lord take them away? Because God, when God loosed me from my sins by his blood, I was forgiven. But... Everything I did, there's consequences that if God should allow me to get through them consequences, I'm fine. Can I get a witness? It's tight, but it's right. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, you don't miss meat if you don't eat meat. If you never had meat, you don't miss meat. Those of us that had meat, every once in a while, we miss meat. Y'all looking at me funny. We miss the sin. We miss the scheming. We miss being worldly. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and so every once in a while that this, this prophecy of the sin in, in Ezekiel 28, then he moves to Isaiah 14, the doom of the devil, and God, the devil said the five I wills in, in, in Isaiah, I will be like the most high God. I, I will be above the stars of heaven. That's the angels. I, I, in other words, I'll be the object of worship. And, and, and he was, the Bible says, he was brought down, listen, to Sheol, to hell to the lowest parts of the pit. And God said in Isaiah 13, 11, God says, I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their iniquity. Everybody's stuff is being written in the book. Amen. Yes, sir. Lord have mercy. There's a book of works, but there's the book of the lamb. And only the book of the lamb can neutralize the book of the works. Do I have a witness? Because my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I don't have to answer for no sin. All my sins been washed away. Can I get a witness? That's good news. But I will be judged at the Bema seat. Yeah, the judgment seat of Christ for my works. Can I get a witness? 
hang in there. Pastors, give me some good doctrine. That is, there was a prophecy in Ezekiel, prophecy in Isaiah, a prophecy in Genesis 3.15, the declaration of darkness. When the fall took place in Genesis chapter 3, when the serpent tricked Eve, he tricked Eve, but Adam sinned willfully. And when God said, Adam, where are you? And he was hiding, him and Eve. Adam said, well, we were hiding because we were naked. God said, who told you he was naked? Don't we tell on ourselves? Don't we tell on ourselves? <laughs> ah, we do tell on ourselves, trust me. So God asked Adam a question. Where are you? Who told you you was naked? Have you partaken of the tree that I told you not to partake of? And once God said that, once the stuff was out in the open, everybody stopped blaming everybody. He said, the woman you gave me. I love, I love Adam, don't you? The woman you gave me, she made me sin. And then he said, well, the serpent got me. And, and so God said, like a good parent, you know how I was growing up. When your mother came home and you and your siblings had broke a dish or did something and nobody wanted to dime on anybody, they just beat everybody. Remember that? They just beat everybody. And somebody going to give it up, won't they? Won't, won't, won't we tell when the bell comes out? And anyway, God, God said, listen, he said, Eve, because you sinned, you're going to bear pain in, in birthing a child. And... Your place is now to your husband. I ain't getting one amen. I, I thought I was preaching the Bible. I ain't get one. I ain't get one. I ain't get one amen, Doc. Lord, have mercy. Leave that one alone. Adam, because you decide to sin, you got to work now. You got to sweat at the brow. You got to, you got to plant and you got to reap. You got to, and no, no more, no more uh, made in the shade. And Satan, because you started it all, as a snake, as a serpent, you're going to crawl in the dust. But here's what God said spiritually. Eve, your seed is going to crush his seed. The seed of the woman was Jesus, the Christ. The seed of the serpent was the Antichrist, false prophet, and Satan himself. So one seed is going to demolish another seed. God, God pronounced that in the garden. Can I get a witness? And, and, and so we got Ezekiel 28, we got Isaiah 14, we got Genesis 3.15, then we got Daniel's prophecy, Daniel chapter 9, 24 to 27, amen. And, and here's Daniel praying at the evening oblation. He's praying and at the evening offering, and Gabriel, a strong, high-ranking angel, rushes in. Gabriel, whose name means strengthened by God. And he says, Daniel, I got a vision for you. Because Daniel's prayer was about his people, the Jew. What is going on with our people? Daniel was in captivity and God said in this vision, 70 weeks are determined. Seven weeks or 49 years. Back to Nehemiah finishing the wall the end of the ministry of Malachi, closing out the Old Testament, 62 weeks or 430 uh, more years, which equals 483 years to the Messiah's first advent. In other words, when Jesus rides in on Jerusalem, on a city, on a donkey, at the triumphal entry, which we call Good Friday, when Jesus rides in, that marks something prophetically. When Jesus crucified, it marked 69 weeks. Seventy weeks will determine your people, the Jews. They've been under Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. They've been under the Medes and the Persians, Darius. They've been under Alexander and the Great, the Greeks. They've been under Rome. And they'll be under the beasts. Interesting that at the crucifixion, it was the 69th week. God rushes in prophetically and did this he put Israel on hold he did a divine time out and ushered in the church the ecclesia the called out ones are y'all getting this nobody in the old testament knew about the church stop letting preachers tell you that they didn't 
That's why it's a mystery. A, mi a mystery is something that was hidden that's now revealed. God hid the church. He came unto his own, John 1, 11, and his own, the Jews, received him not. Then he turned to the Gentiles. He presented himself to the Gentiles. In fact, when he rode into the city on that donkey in the triumphal entry, amen, he was, it was his last presentation to the Jews. Here I am. They said, Hosanna, crucify him. They rejected him. And then Jesus turned to the Gentiles. And so when the church is raptured out, the last person in the church age to get saved, once they are saved, the rapture takes place. It could be the day. It could be the night. Then the church is snatched out, 1 Thessalonians 4, the church is taken out. And then immediately the tribulation starts the last week, the last seven years, three and a half trip, three and a half great trip. Tribulation starts the minute we're out of here. The, the, the 666 cannot even be revealed to the church is out of here. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Are you with me? The Antichrist, the false prophet, will be given full reign to do as they please. The Holy Spirit will move out of the way. He'll move to the side and let evil, you ain't seen no evil yet, let evil prevail. See, see, here, here's the cosmic fight we have. Every time evil comes at us, the Spirit of God raises up a standard. Every, there's, a, there's a hedge around us. When you went to sleep last night, there's a hedge around your kids. There's a hedge around your family. There's a hedge around your mind. There's a hedge around your heart. And Satan can't get to you because there are hedges that God has placed around you. Go home and read Job. Satan wanted Job. And Satan went to heaven and was talking to God and said, listen, I can't get to him because you got all these hedges around him. Let down the hedges. And God said, I'll tell you what, I'll let you get him, but you can't take his life. And do I have a witness? If God ever removed the hedges that he placed around us, we'd be annihilated. We'd be back in the world, we'd be strung out on drugs, we'd be prostitutes, we'd be running up and down the street, eating out of garbage cans, we'd be full of diseases. Don't you ever think you are doing good on your own. You got hedges around you. In fact, in fact, let me, let me throw this out parenthetically. When I'm praying for my kids, I start praying like Job. Lord, they may have sinned. Forgive them, Lord. If they have sinned, wash it away. Lord, forgive them of their sin. Didn't Job pray like that? Job said they may have sinned against God. You better learn to intercede and stop just praying for yourself. You better learn to pray for somebody else. Can I get a witness? Because the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous avails much. Songwriter said, can't somebody pray for me? Had me on their mind, and they took the time to pray for me. And, I, and I'm so glad they prayed. Your mother, your grandmother, your father, your grandson, somebody was praying. When we was out there, amen, doing everything we was big enough to do, somebody was on their knees. Lord, save their souls. Lord, wake them up. Lord, make a way out of no. Somebody was praying. Thank you, Jesus. I need, I need to stop, pause, and park. Thank you, Lord, for my grandmother. She prayed for us. Thank you for my mother. She prayed for us. Thank you for my father. He prayed for us. Somebody kept on praying. Can I get a witness? 
and, and listen, when they started praying, it didn't get better and look worse. But they just kept on praying. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to keep on praying. And, and, and listen, while you're praying, don't expect everything to get better. Keep on praying because it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's going to get darkest before it gets light. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. I dare you to keep on praying. I double dare you to keep on praying. Lord, they're strung out on heroin and, and the habit is $300 a day. But I know that whatever I ask of you, you'll do it in the name of Jesus. They strung out on alcohol, but God, you can break an alcohol's bottle. God, they, they're crazy in their mind, but I know you can bring their mind back together again. I'm going to keep on praying. Uh, you better take heed to your focus. Take heed to your future. Can I get a witness? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And we oftentimes complain about our kids. We were just as bad, if not worse, than our kids. Can I get a witness? And you got to learn to intercede. And then when you intercede, you don't just leave it there. You get bold with your intercession. And you call things that be not as though it already was. You, you got to speak this thing. Can I get a witness? I, I, if, if you believe it, you got to speak it. Do I have a witness? You got to tell your son or daughter, listen, you all messed up now, but I believe God. He going to bring you around. He going to straighten you out. He, he's going to put you on a street called straight. He's going to finalize this thing. Do I have a witness? Thank you, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you say you believe, you got to prove it. If you say you trust, you got to prove it. Can I get a witness? And once you say you believe it, your actions ought to change. Stop coming up in here pouting all the time. Stop praising his name. I'm praising him for what he's going to do. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. I'm not looking at your condition. I'm looking at my Christ. Because he's able. He's able. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Songwriter said, y'all excuse me. It's well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When storms like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot is. Thou hast taught me to say it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This was a prayer commercial. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If God did it for everybody else, he'll do it for me. Can I get a witness? And child of God, you learn to start praising him. And stop pouting. And stop complaining. Believe his word. Believe his spirit. Believe his person. Believe his power. Believe his paraclete. You got to believe. Here, uh, we see the prophecy. 
And now we see the preview of the battle. Go back to Matthew chapter 24. Thank you, Jesus. See, this word, this, this word ought to change your life. It ought to change your mind. It ought to change your prayers. It ought to change your will. It ought to change your talk. It ought to change your walk. In Matthew 24, look at the preview. There's three periods of time reflected in this chapter. I'm going to get out your way. Yeah. Yeah. The first is called birth pains. Uh-huh. 24-8. Uh, it deals with wars, false Christ, wars, famine, pestilences, death. And, and it says this is the beginning, Lord have mercy, of sorrows, birth pains. Now, contextually, Matthew 24 is not talking about the church. I've heard this preached at funerals. It's not talking about the church. Jesus took his disciples to Jerusalem. And they were looking around Jerusalem at all these beautiful buildings. And they said to the Lord, Lord, look at all these beautiful buildings. And Jesus said, all these buildings are going to fall. A.D. 70, the fall of Jerusalem. Can I get a witness? Look at the context right here, verse 2. And Jesus said unto them, see not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples said, Lord, when shall these things be? And Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, he's talking about false Christ. Amen. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, it was Daddy Grace. With all them long fingernails. His butt's in hell this morning. Somebody need to preach it. Yeah, you know. And then there was a church in Philly. They, 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 they purchased gold bullion. Women wore long dresses, no makeup. Scarves around their head, no lipstick. And they deem themselves holier than everybody else. Ain't nothing in the Bible but you not wearing lipstick and Maybelline. Please wear it. It hides stuff in the name of Jesus. And, 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 and young men, if you, if you engage to a woman, make sure you get at a date, you take a wet washcloth. And tell her to wipe her face so you can see everything that's hidden. In the name of Jesus, do I have a witness? It's tight, but it's right. And, and child of God, you, you, I'm, I'm only playing. Child of God, you, you need to understand it's tight that Jesus talks about wars, famines, pestilences, and death. And he calls these birth pains. Chapter 8. Are you, I mean, chapter 24, verse 8. Are y'all with me? Yes, All these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 7, nation will rise against nation, kingdom can. He's not talking about Iraq and Afghanistan. There should be famines, best, best, bestness, earthquakes, diverse places. And they will deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and hate you once you mention the name of Jesus. Are you getting this? There will be many that will become offended. Because iniquity will abound, verse 12. All right. So the first thing is these birth pains. Second, the second thing in this chapter is what we call the period of great tribulation, great distress, 24-21. Look at verse 21. For when shall be, for then shall be great tribulation, the last three and a half years of the seven years, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time, no, nor ever after this. And except God shortened those days, verse 22, Lord have mercy, uh, for the elect's sake, the days were shortened. And, and, and if, they, if any man say, I'm Christ, uh, he, he is not here, he's a liar. And there shall arise false prophets that will show you signs and wonders. That means they're going to do miracles. Behold, I have told you before. So, 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 so this chapter 24 is a preview because the third period in this is verse 29 and 30, which is immediately following those things. The cosmics of the heavens, amen, will lose their form. Amen. And, and, and the Bible says that the sun uh, immediately, immediately, verse 29, the sun Will, will turn dark and the moon will start hemorrhaging and the earth will start reeling and rocking 
And, 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 and right after that, the Son of Man will appear. So God is dealing with deception, uh, destructions, devastations, descent of, of, of society, and the doom is all coming. Amen. So we not only need to take heed to our focus and take heed to our future, but take heed of our faith. Your faith is going to be tested. Every day your faith is tested. Amen. You, you got to have biblically based faith that doesn't move. Can I get a witness? It's steadfast. It's unmovable. It's always abounding in the work of the Lord. So, so child of God, we, we not only see, amen, the prophecy and the preview, we, we, we third will see the progressions of the battle. Turn back to Revelation chapter 6. Come on now, Revelation chapter 6, praise the name of Jesus. And here's what we're going to see in Revelation chapter 6, amen. And I saw when the Lamb opened the first seal. Now what happens? Every time Jesus opened the seal in heaven, uh, what breaks out on earth? Judgment. Judgment. Where's the church? In glory. Are y'all with me? And, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, verse 1, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Now, he begins to explain to us the four apocalyptic horses. Don't be concerned about the rider on a horse. Be concerned about the force behind the horse. The first one is the white horse. Verse 2, and I saw and behold a white horse. Now, White typically in scripture means righteousness, but this is a false righteousness. This is not Christ. It's a false Christ. This is your 666. What you need to pay close attention to is that the rider on a horse has a bow with no arrows. Meaning he will fight a bloodless fight through deception. He will, Lord have mercy, deceive the nations that he has the answer to the world's problems. <clears throat> He's false. He's got a crown on his head of Stephanos. He's got a victor's crown. And he went forth conquering and conquer. How do you conquer with a bow with no arrows? Persuasion. Gift of gab. Deception. Thank you, Jesus. That's the white horse. The second apocalyptic horse is the red horse. Uh, the second seal, chapter 3, I mean, verse 3, chapter 6. I heard the sound of the beast saying, come and see. And there went out another horse that had, that was red. Red is blood, it's warfare. Now, and, and by the way, and I, I'll get to this a little later. He makes a pact with Israel that's false. He comes as a false peace, then he turns. Every covenant cannot be trusted. Every peaceful person is not peaceful. We can be full of hell and look like we got peace. Can I get a witness? I keep telling you guys before you get married, I, I look at the history because the history is the hell that's hidden. Do I have a witness? Oh, y'all getting quiet on me now. And that history don't come out until it's yours. Isn't that right? And we all got history. Don't we have history? Yes, we all do. Sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes I don't. I got hell inside of me. You can say, man, it comes out sometime. And you got hell inside of you. And I'm here to preach you out of hell, and I'm here to preach the hell out of you. I'm here to preach the word. I need to preach the word. I don't need to give you fables and, uh, uh, come on now, I, I need to give you truth, because the truth going to set you free. I ain't up here looking for friends. What a friend we have in Jesus. That's my friend. We come here to hear from God. And God speaks through his word. The word is the authority of God. Not your feelings. This word. 
And, and, and listen, child of God, I, I want to get this clear. This red horse or the rider on this horse declares war. He comes with war and it's a great slaughter. In fact, one-fourth of the earth will be wiped out and sent to hell when this rider pulls up. Now, the Holy Spirit is to the side. He's to the side. He's not interfering because this is God's plan. The church is in heaven. And you and I need to thank God that God does not move to the side when hell is on our trail. Thank you, Jesus. Do I have a witness? The third seal is the black seal in six, verse, verse 5 and 6. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and I beheld in the black horse. The black horse is famine. Worldwide hunger follows worldwide warfare. There's a hunger. There's a pair of uh, scales in the rider's hands, meaning there's a measuring device two small trays, come on now, and, and, and it has a balanced beam. And when, in verse 6, when he talks about, and I, he, he talks about several things in verse 6, a quart of wheat is the approximate uh, uh, ration for one day for one person. Denary is one day's wages. Three quarts of barley is usually what we feed animals to keep them alive. He's saying it's going to be so scarce a famine you won't be able to eat properly. And then the fourth apocalyptic horse is a pale horse. That's death. Colorial, a pale, ash, green decomposition of a corpse. Death and hell will follow. Look at verse 8. And the power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beasts of the earth. It's the four apocalyptic horses. What, what, is, what, is, what is the applicable message here? Take heed to your fruit. Your focus, your future, your faith, your fruit. And then, I'm coming in. Verse 9, and when he had opened the fifth seal, there's seven, I saw under the altar the souls that had been slain for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, these souls that are in white robes and have been slain, that's not the church. We're out of here. These are tribulation saints that stood and said, we believe in Jesus, and the head came off. Satan has jurisdiction. And, 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 and what I want you to see doctrinally is this, because folk get their doctrine all messed up. It says... And they asked the question, how long, O Lord, verse 10, how long before you take vengeance? And the Lord tells them, not long. <clears throat> not long. I'm getting ready to come back. And white robes were given, verse 11, to every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little season with their fellow servants that should be killed as they were, should be Fulfilled. And verse 12 says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, there was great earthquakes. The sun became black and the moon started hemorrhaging. And the stars started falling from heaven. Lord, and the, and the heavens, verse 14, the sky departed as a scroll, rolled up together. And the kings of the earth, verse 15, here's what they cried when they realized Jesus behind all this. Mountains fall on us, for we do not want to face the wrath of God. See, God is not only a God of love, he's a God of wrath. He's not only a lamb, he's a lion. I do have a witness. And, and child of God, when you look at all these seals, Lord had mercy, these martyrs under the altar, these white robes that had been bloodied, uh, amen. And these cosmic disorders, it is the first three and a half years of the tribulation when all hell's going to break out because the inhabitants of the earth rejected Jesus. Satan is coming with everything. 
with his satanic trinity, the 666. Yeah, the false prophet, Satan himself, will empower the Antichrist. And Judas Iscariot had the spirit of the Antichrist. The Antichrist. Here he comes. Six is man's number. Seven is God's number. And, 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 and child of God, when you, when you look at all of this taking place, ah, look at verse 17. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? I had a great Bible teacher, Dr. Timothy Ruffin of Beulah. Dr. Ruffin said, if God sends me to hell, after I receive Christ, I'll be in hell reminding him of his promises. You said, if I receive Jesus as my Savior, that I'm saved from this. You said that no weapon formed against me shall fight. You, you said, let not your hearts be troubled where you believe in God, believe also in me in my Father's house. You said, see, if you want to get some powerful praying, then I dare you to get on your knees, get on your face, and be like David. Start reminding God of his promises. Can I get a witness? So uh, the pastor's been talking about true tithers, 10%. So I made $200 this week. So let me take the first $20 and put it in my envelope and get that to the Lord. I'm trusting that what the Lord said, he will do. Can I get a witness? And child of God, now the bills are coming in, more bills than you can handle, but you, you're not on your face about your bills, you're on your face about his promises. Lord, you said, I'm preaching up in this place, that if I would do what you asked me to do, amen, that food would be in my cupboard, my, my soul would be blessed, my seed would be blessed, my children would be blessed, my peace would be blessed. Can I get a witness? You got to take God at his word. And the more you rob God, go home and, hit and read Haggai, you got holes in your pockets. I know y'all don't want to hear this. You know what that means? The more you make, the more he takes. You, you got more money, but you can't keep up because you've been robbing him. So I get the car fixed, now the roof is leaking. I get the roof and the car fixed, now my son is locked up. I need bail money. Can I get away? I get, I get the bail money, now something else breaks out because you're robbing. When you start robbing God, God going to take care of everything. He going to make sure, uh, somebody needs to hear this, because he's faithful. The seventh seal and the last seal, chapter 7. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor any tree. And I looked, and another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a voice, Hurt not the earth, verse 3. Hurt not the sea, hurt not the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Uh, this is the 144,000 sealed Jews. 12,000 from each tribe. 12 times 12 is 144. This is not Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm going to preach it. If you offended, tough. I'm trying to keep you out of hell. Can I get a witness? Uh, Isaiah 43, we are witnesses of Jehovah. No, 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 that don't fly. Because Jehovah's witnesses reject the deity of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? See, see, your problem is Jesus is not only the son of God. Jesus is God, the son. That's what's going to send you to hell. 
in the Quran, they got Jesus as a good prophet and a, a great teacher, but they don't look at him as being God the Son. Hey, that's deity. Can I get a witness? See, child of God, you got to stand before Jesus. And the books are open. You got to give an account. And, and based on what you believe about him, it's not based on what you believe about me. I'm no good. It's based on what you believe about him. Can I get a witness? And he is king of kings. And he is lord of lords. And he is the potentate of paradise. Can I get a witness? He's jury, judge, and he's the law. He's everything. He's the logos. He's the lamb. He's the liberator. Can I get a witness? Jesus is everything. And these, these 144,000 sealed Jews were witnesses going around the earth preaching, repent for the kingdom. We're not kingdom builders. I'm a dispensationist. We preach the gospel of grace. But when the rapture takes place, it turns to the gospel of the kingdom. Can I get a witness? Repent for the kingdom of God is close. It's at hand. Do I have a witness? And the Bible says that as they're preaching, Satan is going to intensify his attack against them. Uh, can I get a witness? And child of God, when you, amen, uh, look at verse 9 of chapter 7. And this I beheld in lower multitude, which no man could number. That's not the church. Of all nations, kindreds, peoples, tongues stood before the throne and before the land with their white robes, palms in their hand. This is not the church. These tribulation saints. And they cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne, the elders, that's the church, and the four beasts, and fell down before the throne, and they worshipped God, saying, Amen. Amen. Blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, might be unto our God forever and ever. And the elders answered, saying, uh, what are these which are arrayed in white robes? So the church is asking questions, who are these? And I went unto him, sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, these are they which came out of the what? The great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Lord, have mercy. Therefore are they before the throne day and night. Amen. They shall hunger no more. They shall thirst no more, verse 16. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, lead them, living waters, fountains, and shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. When these seven seals are loose, we have the assurance. Thank you, Jesus. I am a witness. Can I get a witness? I'm a witness of the most high God. I'm a witness that Jesus is Lord. I'm a witness that Jesus is Lamb. I'm a witness that Jesus is Logos. I'm a witness that Jesus is my liberator. I've come to set the captives free. I've come to set the captives free. I've come to set the captives free. He'll do it. Because he is the Lamb of God. This is the first three and a half years of the tribulation, when we get to the further chapters, by the, by the time we get to chapter 13, the beast comes out and shows himself as he is, the 666. Chapter 9, we're going to get to it, Lord, spare life next week. Here's what Jesus does. He lets out the demons who were put away in prison from Genesis 6, who kept not their first estate. They've been locked away. And he's going to let them out like scorpions. And here's what he's going to say. Just like I say to my German shepherd, sick them. And they're going to take everything down in sight. Are y'all getting this? Aren't you glad we won't be here? Aren't you glad we're going to be worshiping the lamb in heaven? Aren't you glad we're going to be praising his name? Aren't you glad you saved this morning? Aren't you glad your name is written in the lamb book of life? Aren't you glad you belong to a church that preaches the truth? Aren't you glad Jesus is Lord? He's Adonai. He's Savior. He's the Amen. He's all that we need. 
You don't want to be here when this tribulation breaks out. Can I get a witness? We are secure in Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm secure. Nothing can hurt me. I'm under the blood. Blood washed, blood bought, born again. Name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Can I get a witness? I'm only going to die once, but I'm going to live again. Can I get a witness? To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. The final battle is coming. Let's stay on our feet. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're not saved, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Believing he died for your sins, was buried and rose again. Believing he's God the Son and the Son of God. Raise your hand if you want to get saved. We want to see you saved. Just raise your hand. Put your hand there. Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus right now while I have a chance. Or perhaps you are saved looking for a church home and the Holy Spirit is telling you to join this church. Raise your hand. Is there one? Love to have you. Is there one? I see